0: Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, January 8th. I'm Anastasia Glova, and today I'm talking with Cato's Director of Budget Studies, Stephen Slavinsky, about earmark reform in the new Congress and what the World Toilet Summit has to do with it. Stephen, what is this about earmarks for a World Toilet Summit?
1: Well, let me just give you just a broad... Overview of what earmarks really are. Basically, these are line items within the budget that direct money to specific projects, usually by congressional whimsy. They're actually strings attached to the budget, effectively. Now, they only account for about 1% of the overall budget, but what's really going on here is it's sort of a a power play between Congress and the federal agencies. Congress, instead of just giving a, a pot of money, to an agency, they want to have some control over where the money is being spent. Problem is, this opens the door to a whole variety of tricks that Congress can play, and specifically, in a sense, auctioning off the ability of congressmen to get sorts of pet projects for not just their district, but sometimes for special lobbyists, uh, for different constituencies, agriculture, road builders, any sort of lobbying group you can imagine probably has their fingers in in some sort of taxpayer-financed pie somewhere in the federal budget. And so these earmarks really are, in a sense, not specific programs, but they're carve-outs of specific programs within the federal budget. Now, the World Toilet Summit, incidentally, uh, was financed by a group that's based, I believe, in Ireland. Uh, It was about uh, 13 million went to this organization. And again, it was an earmark project. And of course, it ended up finding its way to to subsidizing something called the World Toilet Summit. I'm still not quite sure what the World Toilet Summit is, of course, but if there ever was a poster child for fiscal incontinence, perhaps this is it.
0: But the president's push for earmark reform is a promising development.
1: What the president's proposed and what Congress has actually passed as a matter of fact, is what they call transparency for the earmarks process. These earmarks tend to find their way into the bills, usually in the dead of night. It'll occur during the conference committee portion of the budget process. Basically what that means is, of course, you've got the House negotiators and the Senate negotiators ironing out the differences between the two bills, and these earmarks are smuggled in at the dead of night, and neither the House or the Senate version will have these sorts of projects in them, and then you'll have these 1,000-page bills coming to the floor Congressmen aren't given enough time to, to read these things. They vote on these projects, and sometimes they'll just flip to the page to make sure their are pet projects in it. They're not paying attention to what else is in the bill, and these things get passed. And next thing you know, you're financing the Bridge to Nowhere or the World Toilet Summit. What the president's proposal and what Democratic House has now passed is what they call earmark transparency. The goal is to try to, in fact, force Congress to, in a sense, fess up to who put these things in the bill. They have to require a congressman sponsor for every earmark. They'll explicitly put their name right next to that earmark. They also have to disclose if a member of their family, let's say a spouse or a son or daughter, are working for a lobbyist or a specific contractor who are getting the benefits from this earmark. So they're trying to make the system more transparent. There's a problem, however, here is it doesn't really cut to the roots of the overall problem. It does in a sense tweak the system. It does make it more transparent. That's certainly a good thing. But part of the problem, I think, is that this reform's assumption, I guess you can say, is that congressmen can still be shamed into not doing this sort of thing. The reform doesn't go after the main problem, and that is the actual act of earmarking, the actual influence and incentive, I guess you can say, that Congress has to force Uncle Sam to be all things to all people.
0: So does attaching members' names to the legislation that they sponsor do much to resolve the problem?
1: I don't think so. The problem isn't that members of Congress are running, screaming away from fessing up to earmarking. In fact, if anything, the problem is that they're all eager to do more of it. They're all scrambling to try to take credit for these earmarks. Before, when the system was anonymous, you'd have three, four, five congressmen sending out press releases taking credit for a specific program or project. Now, of course, we can tell who's lying. We can tell that a specific congressman wasn't on the sponsor list for a specific project. In a sense, you can call it intellectual property protection for government waste. Of course, when we give out copyrights and patents to inventors, it's to encourage other inventors to come up with their own ideas and, in a sense, sort of increase the amount of innovation that's going on in the economy. Think of now political economy in, in that respect, too. You put this kind of copyright to a specific project to a number of congressmen. Basically, they're going to increase the amount of earmarking that congressmen want to do because they want to have their piece of the action. They want to be able to point to a specific project and say, hey, that's my baby. And so as a result, I think what this transparency is going to do isn't necessarily a bad thing. It is going to shed some light on the process. But I'm not so sure we've solved the problem of earmarking. Obviously, the problem is that we have a federal budget that's so large, and congressmen can, in a sense, take $2.7 trillion every year and allocate it in some ways however they want.
0: So if this is a good beginning, then what's a good way to actually put an end to earmarks?
1: That's the hard question, because there probably isn't any way we really can put an end to earmarking. Because when, as I say, earmarking broadly defined is, in a sense, Congress's intent to force agencies to take the chunk of money that Congress allocates to them and spend it on a certain specific project. Even if you put an end to earmarks and had some kind of rule that says earmarks are forbidden, that would mean some members of the Appropriations Committee and their staff would come up with another way of hiding it and smuggling it into the budget. They could call it Happy Fun Time projects and put it somewhere else in the budget. It would effectively have the same impact, and that is forcing agencies to spend money on various and sundry special interest pork projects. You also have to think about, again, in a world without earmarks, what sort of steps congressmen might be able to take to make sure that their special interests were funded by agencies. I can imagine a situation, and in fact, you actually see this happening even now when earmarks are in existence. If an earmark doesn't make it into the process or into the budget bill, a member of Congress will write a very firmly worded letter to the head of a department or head of an agency and said, gee, wouldn't it be great if Project X was funded with the money we just gave you? And of course, this is a member of Congress, often a member of the Appropriations Committee. They're going to take that seriously in that government agency. I mean, Obviously, members of Congress have control over their budget. They have oversight of their agency. It's a bit like Tony Soprano going into the corner grocery you own and saying, gee, it would be a damn shame if something happened to this nice little store now, isn't it? It's a sort of version of that. And so I think you'd still have that. You'd have shadow earmarking going on. So the point is, as long as Congress can force Uncle Sam to be all things to all people, as long as they lord over a $2.7 trillion budget, That kind of pot of honey attracts flies all the time. And so until you reduce the size and scope of government, you're always going to have an earmarking problem no matter who's in power.
0: If you enjoyed this program, consider subscribing to Cato Audio, a dynamic 60-minute monthly recording that brings you inside the Cato Institute for highlights from exceptional one-of-a-kind lectures and events on key issues of the day presented by nationally known scholars, authors, and political leaders. Cato Audio is available on our website as well as on iTunes and audible.com.